Astro really does a great job of like serving fully static sites uh, from the get-go. But if you want, you can make it dynamic. So to me, that's what, why it's so great. It's obviously nothing new. This, this concept exists for quite a while. Uh, but they seem to You're listening to episode number 23 of 20-Minute JavaScript, where we discuss everything JavaScript-related. As I will say, this episode is hosted by Open Replay, an open-source session replay platform for developers. If you'd like to know more, visit openreplay.com. I'm Fernando, your host and momentary voice in the back of your head. And today, we have our very first returning guest, Chris Bongers, who actually was our very first guest, episode one. Check it out if you haven't. In this episode, we're going to talk about Astro, since he's a user of the framework and one of the many contributors. So we'll get to know about this framework from a user perspective. So welcome again, Chris. Thank you for joining us. And please introduce yourself again to those in your audience who don't know who you are. Yeah, thanks for having me again, Fernando. <laughs> um, it's always great to be on your show. I'm Chris. I'm a, a software engineer and web team lead over at daily.dev. For those who don't know it, it's a cool browser extension to keep you up to date with the latest and greatest developer news. And uh, if I'm not working, I'm mainly blogging. Uh, I do a blog post every single day around various web development topics, which is something I really enjoy doing uh, and will keep doing. Awesome. Yeah. All right. I will definitely add a, a link to your uh, Twitter profile and, and, and website so people can follow you because definitely you share a lot of uh, interesting information there. All right. So today we're going to be talking about Astro mainly because, well, mainly because I want to know about Astro, uh, which is kind of one of the reasons why I bring people to the show because I want to learn about things uh, and I like people telling me. <laughs> and the other one is because when you were on the show in the first episode, you mentioned that you actually liked the project quite a bit. You had contributed to it. And that got me interested, uh, interested in the project. And I've been doing some, some research on my own. And it seems like it's, it's quite an interesting framework. And, and it's different in some aspects uh, and similar in, in others to what we already have in the web development area. So I just wanted to get the opinion of someone who has been using it or contributing to the project, not specifically from someone who has been owning the project. So for those who don't know, can you kind of um, give us a user point of view, uh, idea of what are we talking about? What is Astro and what's so great about it? Yeah, uh, I'll try my best. So I, I'm very enthusiastic about Astro ever since I got to know it, so, which is a long time ago. Uh, so I've been with the project, or, you know, with the project, I mean, exploring the project for a while. And for me, it's it's a really great way to build uh, fast websites, right? So we used to have a trend where websites needed to be full of features and full of JavaScript that uh, mainly meant. Uh, and, and Astro kind of brings back, like, you know, the focus on fast websites. Uh, so it goes, to me, it goes a little bit further than being a static uh, generator. Um, and it kind of brings the next step in static uh, generation, which would be, you know, um, like these island components where certain things are static that need to be static and things that need to, you know, hydrate uh, 
particular data, they can be uh, dynamic. And Astro really does a great job of like serving fully static sites uh, from the get-go. But if you want, you can make it dynamic. So to me, that's what, why it's so great. It's obviously nothing new. This, this concept exists for quite a while, uh, but they seem to do a really good job at it. Right. You describe it very similar to how Luca, the creator of Fresh, mentioned that same architecture, the island-based architecture, essentially, uh, is like you think of your site as static first, and then you start seeing exactly where the interactivity, where the JavaScript is needed, and you just add that. Is that what they describe as islands of interactivity? And how does it affect your experience as a developer? Because that's exactly what I'm curious about, because you can read about the pattern online, but coding it, it's got to be different from what we're used to code using like Express, um, not Express, that's way old, but like Next or something like that, right? Yeah, so I think where they kind of want to go with this island architecture is that, uh, like you said, static first, obviously, because why would you want to make something um, dynamic if, if it never needs a re-render, right? So like, uh, I don't know, your, your image that's always the same or sidebar that's always the same. Um, but you might have an interactive header, you know, one that, that rotates every second. Uh, so for that, you can then decide to make that a little island that, that hydrates. Um, and I think, you know, uh, they have great articles on where it originates from. So I think pre-react uh the guy from pre-react he originally started playing with it um a while ago like a couple of years ago already and uh like you said like fresh obviously also uses the same approach um remix kind of is doing the same thing to me uh where, where they kind of say oh well not everything needs to hydrate uh so that's uh, pretty good and uh, the cool thing about astro, astro hydration is that um, you can kind of say how much uh, you want it to, like how quick you want it to re-render, right? So you could say, oh, this has like highest priority, needs to happen right away. Or, you know, it can wait till the client load it and, and they're done with their load. And then we do whatever we want to do. So that's a pretty good uh, addition uh, from my side. All right. If the web vitals matter to you a lot, then I guess... Tweaking those configurations there are really, really big for you as a developer. That makes makes a lot of sense. So again, developer point of view, when it comes to creating something with Astro, I understand that you have to create like Astro components, files.astro. Are we talking about uh, single file components like Vue or Svelte, or are we talking something more like React components? What, are, what, what can uh, developers expect from using Astro? Oh, right. So very good question. And uh, this is uh, another cool thing to me about Astro is that it's like bring your own framework. So if you, for instance, like a React developer or a Vue developer, you can just bring your uh, Vue files and um, they kind of work. You know, out of the box, they, they have Astro components, which are the .astro files, but you're not like obligated to use them. So, you know, you can use them, um, and you know they have some advantages to them, like com within the project. But it's totally fine to use a React component, and and that will just render. So you're not kind of obligated to use uh, Astro, uh, which to me is really cool. Like you can obviously get started, 
by bringing your own whatever framework components into Astro. And, and it kind of just works out of the box. They have renderers for most of the common um, frameworks, um, which is really cool. And you can uh, even mix them up. So you could say like, oh, I have this React component and another view component in the same application. All right. So that that was something that really caught my eye as well when when I read about it. So you don't you don't need any kind of special configuration or installing any kind of dependency. Uh, it it just works out of the box. Uh, you do need like a renderer, so uh, they do have like several options for that. Um, I do need to kind of check up on like how it worked again if you wanted to mix them. Um, but it's obviously possible. Um, and yeah, w once you pick the renderer, you can kind of go from there. So I would rather stick with like the React ones because I mainly do React or uh, the Astro one, which is uh, even better to me because like my end goal is to uh, create as little as I can output uh, in terms of JavaScript. So most of my web websites can mainly work with zero JavaScript. They recently even introduced some uh, edge functions that you can write. So with that uh, combined, you can really make like a static experience, like with zero JavaScript on the client side and have the server on the edge side kind of refresh your, your website. Nice. All right. Um, and and so going in the line of, of multi-framework, essentially, components, which I think it would make sense if you have multiple teams, I guess, working with different technologies and trying to combine those reusable components into a single site. I mean, I've never been in a project that required that kind of flexibility, but I guess it's nice to have it. But there is one thing that really, I didn't think about it until I read how they solved it, but I want to know more. Uh, so if you have components from different frameworks, and you have to make them, you know, interact with each other in the same space, for instance, sharing state, which is, I want to find the right word, but it's like state in web development has become like a staple word. I mean, everyone needs to know how to handle it. And there are a bazillion solutions to do it for each framework individually. That said, what happens when you have to combine components from different frameworks? Because... Uh, not every solution is going to work with every with every framework. So, how does Astro solve this problem? Yeah, very good question. So, Astro recently added something they call uh, Nano Stores, um, which are kind of like, mm, yeah, you can compare them with like what you may know in React and Vue as like context providers. Um, but then they, they kind of share across different components, right? So a nano store is kind of like a super lightweight, bare minimum JS um, wrapper that um, you need to use. And it can kind of store the state and another component can then uh, request the state. So um, that that's pretty cool because it means you can even share the state between like pre-react and Svelte, for instance, uh, just because it has like one common wrapper in between the layer. Uh, and I started to look into this, um, and the team kind of said it should even be possible to use it from Astro components, so without any specific framework. Obviously, you'll be using JavaScript, right? Right. But it should be possible to use them from there, which is really cool. You could really make like a 
almost static uh, website that has state uh, management in it, which is uh, pretty bizarre to me. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, it's like the the, the flexibility that Astro that Astro provides takes you to the level of uh, I don't know if I should be doing this, but I actually can't do it. <laughs> I don't know if that's actually good or not, but at least you you, you have it at your disposal if you want it. What about uh, so uh, from for someone who has never used Astro and they interested in picking it up, what can they expect regarding similarities to other framework? Are, because they use this uh, island-based architecture, which is not that common, right? Others framework use it, but they're not that many. Uh, and they also have like this uber flexibility, if you will, when it comes to state, when it comes to a lot of other things. So if I come from like Next or Next or even Svelte, uh, am I going to find similar things or is Astro a completely new experience? Uh, yeah, depending where you come from, of course, it, it will um, like kind of depend. But for, from what I've seen, if you come from like any of the like, you know, last five year kind of frameworks, it's actually you'll find some common grounds, right? So whether it's next, you find maybe the layouts actually work pretty similar. Uh, whether it's Remix, you kind of see the island architecture come to life. Um, you know, obviously Fresh or whatever, they they super similar. So you will find a lot of common grounds there. Um, and I think what was really cool for me that they, from the start, they had super good documentation. So they uh, kind of closing on, on releasing 1.0 version. Uh, should be probably around when this podcast uh, will be released. Um, uh, but since then, you know, the, the platform really changed over time. But what they really did well is to keep the docs up to date and tell developers like, okay, yeah, sorry, we had to deprecate something, uh, but here are the updated docs. So to me, it was really cool to get started with this. Uh, it really didn't take more than like maybe 15 minutes to get like your first project up and running. Then I took uh, a project I already had, build in Next, and I tried to, you know, recreate it with Astro. Um, yeah, it took me like a couple hours at best uh, be by using the docs. So it was really cool as a developer to get like such good hands-on guidance on how you can achieve these things. Yeah, absolutely. I, I've had similar experience. And if you think about it, it's kind of sad that uh, a great documentation is something not worthy. I mean, <laughs> uh, so many projects, interesting projects are out there that they either don't have a documentation or just have an outdated documentation that make you follow steps that they just don't work. And that is completely, the, like you said, the opposite with Astro. They they have very detailed I, documentation. They even have a, an online play, playground. So you don't even have to, if you want to try it, you don't even have to like install anything. You just, uh, you can test it online. That's, that's amazing. All right. So moving forward, a lot of frameworks will give you many features so you can play with them and kind of do a lot of different apps but they give you like a box that you can really move out of uh, is it the same thing with astro or is astro extensible in the sense of be, me as a developer being able to change the way it behaves to fit my particular needs uh, with some limitations yes uh, i mean they, they have quite an extensive api you can hook into uh, so you can write your own hooks like that act on certain like you know 
life cycle things from from the build perspective for instance if you want to change to how the build output behaves um but you know they, they also allow you to hook in almost everything so um let's give a good example if you're using markdown right use any of the markdown um methods uh plugins that you want whether it's like rehype or uh, remark whatever you're using they, they simply allow you to hook into that which uh, i thought was pretty cool i mean it's not uh something new uh most of the static side generators have these options but they do allow quite a lot of flexibility in that way um besides that you can obviously create your own plugins based on astro uh which they highly encourage uh, that's also pretty good to see um and they, they highly encourage people to write like new adapters, right? So if you have a, a framework that doesn't exist or a um, edge function that you want to write, but they don't have the wrapper yet, then they, they want you to kind of suggest it either so the team can build it or um, you can build it and, and see what, what happens. So to me, that's pretty cool. Absolutely. Though, yeah. Absolutely. All right. What's your experience being like contributing to a project because you're actually listed as one of the contributors, their documentation page. So uh, if you're, I don't know if you, that, that was like a recent contribution or was it uh, a while ago, but do you remember what contribution did you make? I did quite a few. Um, like, so in the beginning, I wrote a lot of uh, articles on Astro. Um, they obviously got a little bit outdated, right. most of them, because of uh, like how the framework changed over time. Uh, I did uh, a lot of translations for the Dutch documentation of Astro. Um, and um, I kind of helped a lot with some hands-on testing. I'm still doing that. So because it's fairly new and not many like production grades websites are out there, right? Um, my website is built on Astro, my blog, uh, and it has over a thousand pages so it's quite a benchmark for the astro team to use my website to see if like new uh versions don't break the system um they use my one to optimize build times which uh, they recently wow. did uh which was a 35 percent increase in build time so it's really cool to see like uh that those kind of uh distributions uh, contributions also really help uh bring a life to the system and um, let's see another thing. I uh, wrote a plugin for Astro as well, um, a static tweet plugin. So you don't have to load the JavaScript from Twitter uh, as the tweet data is like kind of static. So that was a pretty cool project. That's amazing. Yeah, uh, and it's like you said, yeah, forever, absolutely. Yeah. You you can contribute to op- you can contribute to open source without actually having to put a single line of code in in a project. Um, definitely. But I'm curious to know, uh, because definitely I, I can see how your site, having a single article every day, can eventually reach a point where you're saying, well, I have so many pages, and if I had to re-render this, or if I have to make a change, and then they have to redeploy this, how fast is it? How, what, what that, what's that experience like from, from the you know, developer point of view to deploy such a big site with Astro? Yeah, so uh, this was, you know, quite a pain point. In the beginning, it was super nice, you know, uh, when, when you start uh, developing the website and you have like, right. five articles in there, it's like, oh, this thing's <laughs> fast, yeah, like as expected. 
uh, but putting thousand pages in there that are you know rendering a lot of different components underwater, uh, it got like quite extended. So at one stage, especially uh, with one of the latest release candidates, uh, it kind of ended up being like ten minute build time, uh, which wasn't great. Um, so I think at the moment we kind of settled on um, takes like a minute to build. So I'm personally happy with it. Uh, I saw a benchmark today uh, comparing some other frameworks uh, where I think Hugo was like one of the fastest. But, you know, to me, it's it's good to realize that Astro is obviously still, you know, working hard on improving what they have, right, instead of optimizing. So I'm sure they will get to a point where optimizing is actually priority. Uh, But but so far, I must say, I'm really happy with uh, the build times, uh, especially... Local render times uh, are amazingly fast. So if you just run it locally, it's blazing fast. All right. What, what's it using uh, behind the curtain? Is it using Vit or, or what exactly? Uh, yeah, they switched to V3, actually, um, which, uh, you know, obviously also had a lot of uh, performance yeah. upgrades inside of it. Cool. All right. Finally, um, if... <clears throat> If I want to get into into Astro, other than their great documentation, because honestly, if someone listening here wants to start reading, they can just go into the documentation because they, they have some great tutorials there. But other than that, what would be the learning resources that you recommend? Uh, so first of all, I would recommend everyone to kind of watch that uh, Fireship video on uh, Astro. Uh, it's made kind of when it like just came out. And uh, it's like 30 seconds, I think, so you know, like the Fireship videos are. But it's really good. It gives you a cool overview of what it is. Uh, and it's obviously quick. Then second to that, the docs, like you said, really amazing. Uh, they keep really well up to date. And uh, then I would really recommend joining the Discord channel for Astro. Uh, it's super active, super welcoming. I've literally never been in like a Discord channel that's so like super welcoming. They really appreciate everyone that contributes there. Um, yeah, it's a cool vibe to hang out. They do um, live calls, uh, I think, every week where people can ask questions about the, the project or showcase some things that they made or struggle with. So to me, the Discord is uh, like kind of the connecting factor in everything. Awesome. All right. Fantastic. Now, we reached the point where we asked the same three questions to every guest, but you already been here and we already have your three answers. So I'm switching it up a bit and I am going to ask you three different questions. Some of them are related to some of the conversations that have happened lately on tech Twitter. And I want to get your, your opinion on them. So first one, as a new JavaScript developer, would you recommend first going for a framework? or first hitting the basics and then picking up a framework? Yeah, I don't know. I'm a very big believer in basics. Um, even when you pick up a framework, right, after learning the basics, I would always then go back to, like, relook at the basics because you'll look at them from a different perspective. So to me, it makes more sense to do basics first and then dive into framework um, just because you can get kind of like the different angle from going framework first then you might misunderstand the basics. And you don't think that, I'm trying to play the devil's advocate here, but don't you think that it would take longer for you to be at a skill level where you're 
marketable, let's put it that way, essentially able to get a job? Uh, I don't think so. I think eventually uh, you'll actually uh, get to that point quicker, right? Because if you go framework first, you might like know the framework, but then there, there will always come a time where you have to have some kind of understanding of why certain things happen, right? Especially if things don't go well. And if you're missing like the underlying um, techniques, then it will be very hard for you to find out the answer to those questions. So to me, it would make things quicker if you do it the other way around. Fair enough. All right. right. So second question, data structures and algorithms for web development. Do you recommend new developers learning about them or skipping them? And why is that? Uh, This is uh, super tricky, but, you know, to me, I think it's good to know, but I wouldn't like, um, you know, knock them from the top of your head, right? Like, uh, yeah, it's, I don't know, it's good to know some of these things, especially like some like common algorithms and, you know, data structures, but like to, to the point where I wouldn't expect them as interview questions, right? right? So I kind of always said, like, if I get these as interview questions, it's not the right company for me, especially as a web developer. Like, you know, if certain other types of development, maybe it becomes more important. Um, But to me, for web development, it's not the, like, the the highest must. Right. So kind of just take it with a grain of salt, like, good to know, but Definitely don't spend too much time on that, if you ask me. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. All right, final question. Did you ever have that click in your mind that made you think, uh, I'm a developer now. I know what I'm doing. And uh, if you did, what what triggered it? Um, yeah, probably a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> so it's generally when I switch uh, language, then uh, you kind of realize like, oh, wait, but this is exactly the same as in the other language. They just have, like, uh, a semicolon at the end and the other one doesn't. Or, you know, they, yeah. they use uh, X and there they use Y. So I think the moment I realized that for the first time, I really thought, like, okay, now I understand what's happening, right? I can, you know, take this to a higher level and say it in a uh, very non-technical way uh, so that every other development language will click like that. Right. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense, actually. That's actually why I also kind of always recommend even uh, other developers learning something, you know, other languages, even if you're not going to use them daily, uh, they help you see the same problem from a different point of view. And it's like you said, it's like you eventually realize it's just a language that I'm using. The concepts are the same. So, yeah, that's that's what matters, really. All right. Fantastic. That's it. That's all the time we had. Thank you, Chris, for coming in. Please tell the audience again where they can find you if you want to know more either or if they want to like read your articles and get your your information. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me. Uh, it was great talking about Astro. Um, yeah, so if you want to find me either on Twitter, it's uh, dailydevtips1 or on the web, daily-dev-tips.com. Uh, you can find an article every single day. Yeah. Definitely. All right. Again, thank you uh, to everyone listening. Thank you. We'll catch you next week. Till then, goodbye.